This is Masks Off. I am Tia Fagan. And I'm Kim Gross. Who are you behind the masks you wear? We are here to have real conversations about how to live a more empowered and authentic life. So join us, remove your masks, live your life. everybody. It's Tia and Kim, and we're here for episode seven of Masks Off. So last time we talked about the perfectionist mask, which is a very deep-seated one, and particularly with women. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk another one about another one that we, is definitely more common in women. I mean, men do have it, so don't, don't get us wrong here. And the quote that we're going to share about this mask, the people pleaser mask, um, is from Glennon Doyle in her most recent book, Untamed. And it does kind of address the masculine feminine aspect of um, people pleasing. So here's the quote to start off. The boys looked inside themselves. The girls looked outside themselves. We forgot how to know when we learned how to please. And this is why we live hungry. And what I love about this quote is it talks about how we learn people-pleasing. It's something that we're taught because just like um, with the perfectionist mask, Kim was talking about the accolades and how all that external looking to the outside is, feeds us and makes us feel good. Where boys don't tend to look, I mean, they do look for it as well, but they're taught more to go inside, you know, that bravado and all of that, where women are taught to look to the outside. How are you affecting? Are you being the good girl? I mean, how often did we hear that growing up? Oh, you're such a good girl. You know, oh, you don't want to upset that. That might upset somebody. Are you being nice? Just be nice. I mean, how often did we hear that? I, I know I was trying to be really careful raising my daughters not to use those words, um, I'm sure they came into play, but I did mindfully try to not use that and talk more about behaviors and um, whatnot, but not like be the good girl, because what does that mean? I mean, that's so arbitrary. And then we're looking to that outside of, oh, I have to be good. I have to people please. I have to do this. Even if it doesn't feel good to me, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm supposed to be the good girl. So that's, you know, the start of our talk with people pleasing. And I mean, I could bring up so many uh, moments where I people please and how it comes into play now, particularly, you know, it's that worry of disappointing another. Um, so it's that piece. And then it's also the piece I really want people to, you know, are they going to like me? Well, if I do this, then they'll like me. You know, if I don't do it, then they're not going to like me. And I noticed that particularly in um, teenage years and young adult years. I mean, I think I brought it up yeah. in one of the previous episodes. Definitely. You know, with my husband having the friend, his friends over for poker night once a month. And when we were, it was the hostier, hosting um, household, you know, I wouldn't even be around, but I would bake those cookies and bring them down and leave, leave the cookies and then go and let them have their thing, you know, so... I was doing that for all sorts of reasons and it wasn't necessarily authentic. <laughs> what did you get out of that Tia? What was the chaos? Oh, she's so great. We love coming here. We get fresh baked cookies. 
you know, my wife doesn't do that. (laughs) What's so ironic about the people pleaser, right? You think in people pleasing, you're doing it for the other, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but wait a second, let's be real. Like really who is the people pleaser really for? It really is for ourselves, right? right? Because we're feeling Mm -hmm. a whole somewhere right. within ourselves, an yeah. emptiness somewhere from within that we're trying yeah. to fill that up by pleasing the other yep. so that we get back the affirmation to fill us up. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not truly filling us up because it's just a falsity of belief because of our internal, right, our internalness is not being filled up. Just like the quote, we're still looking to the outside, that people-pleasing is looking for that other person to do it. But really, it's because we have a hole within us. And this is so huge, right? This whole topic is so huge of looking outward instead of inward. And, you know, honestly, it's like it should be taught in the schools rather than, you know, just the the reading, writing. That's to say that that doesn't have a place and an importance Mm -hmm. to teach all that. And I, I will say it's good to see that they are starting to do more within the schools to teach emotional intelligence. Right. But I think even to take that a step further and, you know, parent, how can we as parents teach our kids that? Because we didn't learn it either. But somewhere right. along the line, to have that chain broken so mm-hmm. that kids from a young age are taught to go inward yep. instead of outward and to build that sense of being self-assured that no matter what happens on the outside, that they're at the core, they cannot be shaken. Right. 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 Especially when they get to the middle school years and high school mm-hmm. years, because you just mentioned that. Yeah. How brutal, how brutal adolescents can be to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's the best way to survive that kind of name-calling, bullying, um, judging, criticizing. For me, it was, let me just camouflage. Let me just make myself fit in Mm -hmm. with whatever group is around. And you know what? In a way, it's like when I was in school, I really got along with so many different groups of kids. I always thought like, oh, isn't that cool? I can hang out with the jocks because I played sports, but I was also did well in school so I could Mm -hmm. hang out with you know, the brainiacs, or I hung out with this group, the popular group, the not so popular group. Like I fit in with so many different groups, but now if I look back on it, well, well, why? (laughs) I camouflage myself to fit in. You became who they wanted you to be or who you thought they wanted you to be. Exactly. Rather than being myself. And I had a very hard time saying no to peer Mm. pressure. I Mm. made so many choices and decisions for myself when I was a teenager that I regret because I didn't know how to stand up for myself and say, no, this doesn't, this doesn't resonate with mm-hmm. me. This doesn't feel good on the inside. Right. Right. And I think all that comes back to, you know, way back when children stopping listening to their inner gut that, you know, I mean, does it feel good in your gut? We tell our kids that, Right listen to your gut, listen to your gut. But then in reality, we tell them to ignore it when it doesn't fit what we want or what the teachers want or what out the coaches want or whatever. 
then they stop listening to their gut. I mean, yeah. you know, I stopped listening to my gut. I mean, there were times I still did when it was like a clear, like siren warning of a yeah. danger, danger, but, or about a person. Sometimes I would get a gut feeling about a person like, oh, I don't like them, but it had to be really strong for me to listen to it. Um, and I had to be in the place to be able to hear it. Cause I'm sure I was getting gut warnings all the time that I ignored because I wanted to fit in. <laughs> like you said, in those teenage years, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I guess I'll go there even though it doesn't feel like I should. Um, you know, so listening to your gut is a big part. And then also, um, the boundaries, like you said, yeah. the saying no, I mean, how many people say yes to things they don't want to. I mean, things, you know, hey, can you help out on this fundraiser? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, I already have a busy day. I don't have time to do it, but how can I say no to helping out at a fundraiser? And people say yes, you know, because we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to be looked at as a bad person if you say no. Exactly. Wait, you mean I don't, I can say no? I think sometimes people don't even realize they can say no. And when we're saying yes to things that don't feel good, we're not going to do a good job anyway. Right. A true, a true inner good job. We can do that yeah. external perfectionist job. Sure. But then we're tired, more tired. We're more exhausted. We're more, can get resentful. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you wear that people pleaser mask for a long time and resentment can really show really, up. It does. Yeah, I was just sharing with my daughter and my niece last night. We were having a conversation about boundaries and people pleaser. Mm. And, you know, there's that saying of no, period, Mm -hmm. is a sentence. No is a sentence. And that, you know, we were talking about this and you don't have to give anyone an explanation when you Mm -hmm. set a boundary and say no. Like, so if someone says, hey, Tia, do you want to help on this fundraiser? Or if they said, Kim, you know, do you want to help on this fundraiser? You know, I might say no, but then I'll give like a million reasons why and excuse, you know, to make myself yeah. look better rather than just like, no, because people and, and men, the masculine do generally have an easier time with saying no, not that mm-hmm. all men do, but right. they generally can have an easier time of being, you know, black and white and like, nope, this doesn't, mm-hmm. isn't something I want to do. Nope. Nope. Right. Um, you said that very perfectly. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not happening. Not happening. Or sometimes my husband will say when the kids ask him something, uh, nope. <laughs> I say, uh, no. <laughs> it's so funny how he says it. Conversation so, over. <laughs> conversation over. Right. And then, and the thing is like, I've watched people my whole life be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I have felt in my gut that I want to be more like that. I wish I could be more like that, be so strong in myself to just be able to say no. Um, And you, you know, you brought up about the fundraiser that brings to mind for me. um, I have a autoimmune disease. And back when I was first diagnosed in 2005, 2006, I was asked by the foundation if I wanted to be the chairperson for Mm. a local support group. And initially I was like, okay, you know what? That's a great idea. It's a great way for me to connect with other Sjogren's patients and, yeah. you know, I'll learn more about the disease. Great. Well, eight years later, I'm still running the support group. <laughs> and that's another thing about the combination between yeah. people pleaser and perfectionist is like, talk about the resentment. 
Right. I held on to that way too long, Mm -hmm. way too long. And why? Because it wasn't really coming from an inner place anymore, but I didn't want to let anyone down. Right. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. Right. Even the patients were like, oh, you know, that accolade, that, mm-hmm. you know, appraisal. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. It's so good to have the support. You're so good at this. You do such a good job at running this group. Well, <laughs> you know, how do you say no to other people who are struggling and suffering? Right. Right. Sorry, people. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and then hard. the passing the torch, too, when you finally said no I'm assuming you're not doing it anymore I'm not doing it anymore. yeah so when you finally said no then that perfectionist piece comes up oh how am I gonna have how is the next person gonna do it are they gonna have the information how can I set them up for success and then Ah. it's that transfer it's exhausting it's huge yeah it's exhausting so there is there is that part about it and then there's also the um part that you talked about going back to the boundaries again of not wanting someone for me to be upset with me Mm -hmm. or displeased Mm -hmm. so i know that it's okay for me to share this because my daughter said it's okay to share (laughs) stories and situations when she was younger and we would go shopping um I would, you know, she would say, mom, can I have this? Can I have that? And I would buy her a few things because whatever, she needed some clothes. Then it would just, you know, go on to more and more. And then I'd say no, like, mm-hmm. and my no, because I am a people pleaser, it's really hard to have strong boundaries. People can pick up on your wishy-washy oh, boundaries. Yeah. They can smell it, right? They Especially your child. <laughs> Especially the children. So they would always know when I was on the fence about something and they just knew exactly how to push. So I can remember her and I just getting into these arguments in the middle of a mall because I was trying to say, no, I bought enough. <laughs> and she just knew I wasn't really, really, sh- yeah. you know, strong in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, and like I was saying in our last episode, I was bringing in the example about the dog Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they were really lately have really been pushing me on it. Yeah. And I know, and, and, and more so I know that the big part about it is is that I don't want to have the responsibility of taking care of another being right now. Mm -hmm. I love dogs. I really do. And I would love to have a dog. And I could move past the perfectionist piece without it making, I really could at this point, but I don't want the responsibility. And although, you know, they are 20 and 17 and fully capable of taking care of a dog and they claim that they will. Yeah. I know, I know that there's going to be some point in time where the responsibility will fall in my lap. You know, they're yeah. not going to be here all the time. And if the dog exactly. does puke in the middle of the day, if the dog does have diarrhea in the middle of the day, or the only time the dog can go to the vet for shots is when I can, I'm the only one around. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to set this boundary and hold this boundary of saying, no, I don't want to have a dog. And yeah. they can still sniff out a little bit of, she's still <laughs> a little wishy-washy. And the thing is why, if I said yes, and I was clear with them and honest, I said, if I say yes to you, it's because I'm trying to please you. Mm. I want you to be happy with me. I don't want you to be disappointed or upset with me. Yeah. And I said, I can't. And I was honest. I said, I cannot say yes for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because as you pointed out earlier, that's when the resentment will come in. Yep. I'll resent the dog probably. Right. 
if I say yes, when it's not coming from a real place within me. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially, you know, they're not five, you know, and will be at home. You, yeah. They're not going to be at home the entire lifespan of the dog. The dog. So, you know, exactly. and a lot of apartments don't allow dogs. Exactly. And all of that. So, yeah, you have to, you have to tap in and it's tough. Oh, and I feel the war going on within me. You know, mm-hmm. I can feel that energy of like, oh, just say yes. What's the big deal? And that's what I would do my whole life as a people pleaser is justify. I can do mm-hmm. such a good at justifying why it's okay for me to say yes. Yeah. But my true self, my true inner knowing voice is really wanting to say no. Mm-hmm. And then what takes over that mask of people pleaser takes over and says, oh, you know what? It's not that bad. Just like with being it's the not a big group, it's not, that, it's big not that big of a deal. You can handle it. You can do it. Yep. Perfectionist, you can Perfectionist. handle it. Super competent. Well, <laughs> well, and I think the part of that people pleaser too, it's the, we don't want to disappoint people, number one, which comes back to us feeling bad. We don't want to feel bad. Um, yeah. But also there's that potential when we say no, there's a conflict and a pushback. So it also can be, we say yes because we don't want to deal with the potential conflict and push and pull that we know is going to happen in most cases with certain people around a certain thing, you know, whatever that may be. So it's like, it's just easier to say yes. You know, it's easier to do it myself <laughs> type of mentality. You know, yeah. why, why should I have them, you know, make dinner or whatever, because then it's more messy. I'll just do it myself to all people, please, even though no one's asking me to necessarily sometimes. I mean, sometimes I make up stuff in my brain, people, please. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this will be helpful. When in reality, it's actually not helping them, Mm. you know, and that's that whole boundary piece too, right? So sometimes saying that no is actually a gift to the other person because then they have to figure it out themselves, depending on what it is. But yeah, I mean, there's so many things. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's so multi-layered, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so multi-layered because you're saying it's a gift to allow them to do it themselves. Yet sometimes you can have the feeling of, well, if I just do it, I'll save them the mm-hmm. pain and the mm-hmm. discomfort of having to struggle through, you know, like mm-hmm. the caterpillar inside the chrysalis to right. become a butterfly, right? Like right. that's what we need to mm-hmm. be able to grow is you need to, or even a baby coming through the birth canal right. to be able to come out. You have to have that struggle. Mm-hmm. But people pleasers along with layered with the rescuer mask, which yep. we'll be talking about again shortly is not wanting to let your loved ones struggle Mm -hmm. through that pain. So like you just said, it's just easier if you just go ahead and do it instead. Yeah. You know, and all those, the mask, the other one you just brought up, they're so interconnected. The perfectionist, the people pleaser, the rescuer. They are. They're all, I wonder how many people, even if there is a person who hasn't had all three, because if you have one, Mm -hmm. I think you kind of have all three. You know, obviously there's people who have none of those. 
you know, I mean, there's some people who literally don't have those, any of those. Yeah. But I don't, because they're so connected. They are so connected. And I would also say maybe those three kind of are tied together. They are more, and it's a generalization, not a rule to say they're more of the feminine side. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be exploring more of the masculine side, right? The yin and the yang. So like those that we just described there, the people pleaser, the perfectionist, even masculine, masculinity does have a perfectionist, but perfectionist, people pleaser, rescuer, they tend to have these qualities of the feminine. The nurturer. I want to take care of you. Yeah. And if I don't take care of you, then I'm not a good girl. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And good girls don't say no, right? right. When you set a boundary, you say no. Yeah. And if a little girl speaks up to mom or dad and says no, like little boys say no all the time. I mean, toddlers Mm -hmm. do in general, but particularly little boys, all boys are just being boys, but a little girl Mm -hmm. says no, that's not okay. Mm -mm. No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) See how that conditioning takes place. Oh, it's so deep. I mean, it's so deep. And then it's not just within the family. It's out in culture. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you look at women who stand up for themselves and they're referred to as a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> when in reality, they're just standing up for themselves. And, may, and why is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing, but it is viewed mm-hmm. as that. Right. If we want to take it take the perspective out and look at it more culturally. You see like the man in charge, you know, in politics or in the corporate world. Right. And how long has it been where women were not in those roles? They're just beginning to come into those roles. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, like sometimes I'm amazed how many women I see as sportscasters nowadays, like to see them in that role, which was typically just a male job, a male role. Exactly. And you know, um, or even on Fox news, but they have to have the come into their power to be able to be in those roles, to be mm-hmm. able to be eye to eye with these other men doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Well, even, I mean, before I was a engineer, you know, and so it's, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like now. I'm sure it's still fairly male dominated, but it was, I mean, one place I worked, I was the only woman in the office as an engineer. Mm, it was all men that's a great example you know and so for whatever reason though that never bothered me I never had a I never had a mask around that that I know of I'm sure there's something in there though I dive in Um, yeah but it's interesting how there's so much cultural expectation and you know nurses tend to be women (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But there's lots of male nurses. Now. Yeah. And the shifts, there are shifts even within more males are going into those professions where they're predominantly women. Like there are Mm -hmm. more male teachers, more male nurses. It's still female dominated. Right. But it it is shifting, which is good. You know, so it works both ways. It works both ways. And I think, you know, the goal in these episodes is to well a inspire others to take a look at the masks and potentially peel back a mask or two Mm -hmm. 
And also just to talk about the different masks and bring awareness Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we just go through life, not even realizing that we're wearing one. Right. And we're not realizing all the conditioning that we have. We're not one to be vulnerable, to start to practice being vulnerable. I mean, there's so many reasons why we're doing this because we're going to talk about so much stuff, but it is, it's, it's, it's to open our eyes and increase our awareness and our understanding of who do we want to be in the world? Who are we inherently? Who are we yeah. <laughs> as an individual? Exactly. Who are we? And, and also the end goal is to be more in alignment, mm-hmm. to be more in alignment with who we truly are, to right. go back to, It's not becoming someone because we already are. Right. Right. We already are. We came into this world fully whole as a baby. We were born perfect. We were born whole, our true selves. And like I had said so many times about when I was a child and connected to nature and knew my true self, it's about coming back. Mm -hmm. Returning. It's a returning. It's a coming home. Mm -hmm. So that's, we, we hope to guide you. Mm -hmm. Guide the listeners to do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel yes. like I'm breathing a little better now. Yeah. Taking a deep breath is yeah. good. Yeah. So I think that is good for this episode. Yeah. So do you have anything else? Any other thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I just want to, you know, just inviting people to. Think about the returning back to themselves. And remembering no is a sentence. That's right. No is a sentence. Boundaries are healthy for everyone. <laughs> no, no justification needed. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good day. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe and share with friends and family. Check out the show notes for how to contact us. Remove your masks. Live your life. See you next time on Masks Off. Masks Off.